Lisa Kay, connecting the community on Talk of the Town. Welcome back to Talk of the Town here in the KTOE studio. My name is Lisa Kay and Occupational Therapy Month here. We've got uh, Mary Van Ravenhorst back in with Mankato Clinic. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, it's good to see you again. You were talking uh, last time we were here a little bit about um, occupational therapy in the pediatric world. And now, Absolutely, yeah. because you've got the whole month, this is your month. This is our month, yes. And we should talk about everything it is that you and the other occupational therapists do at Mankato Clinic to help us uh, be safe and healthy. First of all, I mean, let's start with a basic, if we've never seen an occupational therapist before, we've heard the term, what exactly is it that you do as an occupational therapist? Absolutely. And so occupational therapy is really a science-driven, evidence-based profession um, that enables people of all, all ages to participate in daily living or better living, um, most likely after an injury or an illness or a disability. But of course, then we also have to include people who are born with disabilities. Mm-hmm. When we work with kids, we work with kids who have maybe been born with some type of a developmental disability. Um, occupational therapists use a holistic approach, meaning they look at the whole person to evaluate their strengths um, and impairments um, to function and determine strategies to help the person develop or restore skills. Um, sometimes we look at how can we adapt or compensate for areas of impairment. Um, and then, of course, we also have to think about prevention and preventing further loss of function, like, for example, in the case of somebody who has a chronic illness. Mm, okay. And when you say occupation, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to an office and sitting behind a desk. Yeah, right? I get that I, question a lot. People get confused. <laughs> I, I did, too. I did, too. Yep, yep, absolutely. And that's usually one of the first things that I hear, particularly when I'm working in pediatrics, is they'll say, well, why, why do I need an occupational therapist? I'm not ready for them to start a job. My seven-year-old's not working. (laughs) That's not really the case with an occupational therapist. When we talk about occupation, we talk about an occupation being any activity that a person completes on a daily basis um, or frequently to take care of himself or herself um, or that they need to do in order to live independently. So for example, you might have started your day with making your breakfast. Um, You might have started by getting dressed, brushing your teeth, and maybe driving yourself to your job. Mm-hmm. Those are four of your daily occupations. Okay. Um, and that's just a component of your day. All right. So occupational therapy really is encompassing everything that it is that you do to exist. Correct. Right? Yep. Yep. We kind of take a look at functional needs and functional pieces. And that, of course, varies depending on the person. Each individual has their own list of occupations that they engage in. I know last time we talked about pediatrics specifically and how you incorporate play, um, but when we talk about adults and occupational therapy, um, I mean, obviously that position of play has changed since we were children into maybe the workspace or whatever it is that we're doing day to day, even caring for your children. Absolutely. And so... When we think about occupations, our occupations kind of change across the lifespan. Um, And so, you know, we kind of think about it related to the roles that are evident for that age and stage of life, too. For example, play is a key for children, but also, you know, the role of a student becomes important in early stages of development as well. And Mm -hmm. so that becomes an occupational need, being able to sit and study for an exam, being able to... Um, pay attention in the classroom, being able to learn to read. Those are all occupations that are appropriate for kids. 
Um, and young in young adulthood, we think about our occupations expanding to being able to take care of small children mm-hmm. um, or being able to take care of your household, being able to um, start working at a job um, and having the skills related to those needs and those roles um, as employee, as parent. Um, and, you know, then we as we get older, then we think about our occupation shifting a bit as far as maybe being an occupation of caregiver and taking care of maybe aging parents or being able to take care of um, an aging spouse or um, other individuals within our household. So really occupational therapy can encompass birth through death. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And we have occupational therapists who work in all areas of of need across um, a wide variety of environments. So there's our, there are specialists, like last time we were talking about specializing mm-hmm. like pediatric or geriatric occupational therapy. Is that a thing too? Just yes, absolutely. Anywhere in between? Yep, yep. Um, the vast majority of occupational therapists probably still work more within that um, hospital setting um, or that acute setting. However, we have occupational therapists that work in rehabilitation centers and we have Occupational therapists that work in outpatient clinics like myself. Um, we have OTs that also work in um, working in nursing homes and long-term care facilities and also that work in home health agencies as well, going into the home and helping people. As our population is aging, more and more people want to stay in their own home. Right. And so it's important to have occupational therapists who are able to go into the home and also provide some of the intervention that's needed when they're not maybe able to leave their home to be able to get the services they need. So when somebody comes to you uh, for whatever reason that they would need an occupational therapist, uh, what, is, what is the first thing you do? Is it an evaluation of their needs and wants or, or, or their situation? Yeah, the first thing we do is we always begin with an evaluation. And part of that is what's called an occupational profile. And that is really just looking at where are they at with their occupational needs at this particular point in time? Where is the area of function that might be an area of concern for them right now as they are with their disability? Um, And that's the first thing we look at is just where is that occupational need? And then the next thing we look at is what are their strengths And what are their impairments so that we can try to help identify what is the plan or what is the approach that might work best to help them to move from a level of maybe having some difficulties in those areas to a greater level of independence. So you talked about, uh, you used the word holistic approach earlier. Can you talk a little bit about what that means as far as um, the, the patient, the person, your client? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, You know, we as occupational therapists really use a holistic approach when we think about our evaluation and consideration of all aspects of the person. We might see them come in for one specific need, but we really consider all of their aspects, including their physical and their psychological and their cognitive and social makeup. Um, So, you know, an injury or an accident might look very different depending on how we consider all of those aspects of their life. And when we do that, we assist the patient in creating an individualized treatment plan so that they can achieve their goals and they can function at their highest possible level. And then we work on concentrating on what matters to them most. Um, to help them to rebuild or maintain their level of independence. And that way they can participate in the everyday activities that they need to do or the activities that simply make life worth living for them. 
Um, For example, an adult who's had a stroke might have a strong desire to live in his or her own home, but might need to be evaluated to determine if they have the safety awareness to be alone Mm -hmm. um, for short periods of time or maybe for longer periods of time if a caregiver needs to be away from the home. Um, Or they might need to be evaluated to see if they have sufficient strength and coordination to maybe do some of those basic self-cares like getting themselves dressed or being able to cook in the kitchen. So when you are evaluating a client um, and you take into consideration, I mean, you can work with somebody who was injured and needs to return to the ability to do the things that they need to do. Or does it also account for somebody who maybe has a, a different ability and is going into like a, a new work setting? Absolutely. So sometimes we have people who come in and, and maybe they're having some type of a repetitive stress injury and they need to know why that's that's a problem. And so we can look at their occupational profile and see where maybe some of the areas of concern are that are impacting that ability to work in that setting. Um, or maybe they've had some other type of an injury that now they need to figure out how to go, return to their work environment to be able to do their job Um, either by restoring something, restoring their strength or their coordination, um, or maybe learning how to adapt that um, environment to be able to do their job um, at the level that they were doing it before the injury. So then as an occupational therapist, will you go in and take a look? I'm just going to use this, like where I'm sitting right now, do you... I I thought like like a shoe salesperson, right? When you're a shoe (laughs) salesperson, you notice everybody's shoes. Do you come in here and do you notice like the space and possible things that I could do better or not just me, but anybody in a cubicle farm or any, any you know what I mean? I, I, any kind of work situation, do you go, mm, that would be better if. <laughs> you know, it's interesting and that's not particularly my area of expertise, but it is interesting that when you work in the field, it's often that you kind of look at different situations and you think about, hmm, I wonder how their, you know, their body mechanics and how their, <laughs> their joint alignment is or wow, it looks like that's a repetitive strain injury happening there. So it's hard to take that therapy hat off. Right, right. That's what I'm wondering. Mm, She over there going, you should stand up more often. (laughs) Absolutely. And and exercise is always really helpful, too. And so getting that exercise piece in is always one of the things that we look at is, is are people stretching enough? Are they are they moving? Are they getting enough um, exercise throughout their day? And so when you when you go in and evaluate somebody's space, whether it's their home or whatever, wherever their occupation, I have to get it out of my brain because I keep wanting to go back to an office setting. Sure. Um, you will look for those things. And sometimes it's a modification that might be needed. Absolutely. It's not like a it, it maybe it's a uh, we're going to move this over here or uh, what kind of suggestions do you Yeah, sometimes, you know, it is a matter of, you know, just changing. Sometimes, you know, we are creatures of habit. And Mm -hmm. so we get into certain habits and it's hard for us to see outside of the box and think about how we can change or modify something so that it's not creating an injury or it's not creating a potential risk for an injury. And so sometimes it's important just to think, you know, to have another set of eyes to help to evaluate the situation and identify where might things move best? Um, and so adaptations might look like maybe we need to set up certain work you know, breaks within the hour so that we can have a chance to get up and move and change our position. Or maybe we need to think about um, how we set things up, uh, maybe changing the handles on things so that we have a bigger grip so that mm. it's not causing that repetitive strain in those shorter ranges of motion. Um, sometimes we need to think about um, how we are... Um, 
implementing a new, you know, a, a work routine. Maybe we need to set up the schedule differently so that we're we're putting setting ourselves up for success by positioning activities at certain times of the day when we maybe need that break anyway, right. and we can get up and move around. Our guest today on Talk of the Town, Mankato Clinic's occupational therapist, Mary Van Ravenhorst. And we were talking a little bit about the holistic approach. If we can go back and talk a little bit about um, maybe not so much the physical, but the behavioral health, the, the mental health, um, because you really work with that, too, which I think a lot of people don't realize that absolutely. an occupational therapist can help with those things. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, and I think that we are are definitely a good adjunct to that behavioral health piece, um, you know, because we can sometimes help by identifying maybe some key occupations or activities that will help to um, change up the routine or change up um, the lifestyle to kind of help to integrate some exercise breaks or things within the day. I know that right now is probably the time of year where many people are feeling that little seasonal affective disorder. We haven't seen the sun. We've got all this snow. We're waiting for spring, yes. all of that. Um, so what kind of things would an occupational therapist help in like within that realm? I think part of the the biggest things that occupational therapists do is we can help with that occupational profile and looking at how are you doing with your day-to-day function? And then how do what are some of the areas that are impacting that function right now? And we think about a disability and that behavioral health component as being, um, you know, depression. But some, some of that coincides with um, we get stuck into certain patterns of doing things and it's hard for us to see outside of that box. Mm. And so having somebody take a look from the outside at that box and identifying what are some things that might help to improve function um, is sometimes just that catalyst that you need for change. Um, and once you've had that jump off point, then it's a little bit easier to implement some of those tools and strategies into your routine. It's really hard to recognize some things right when you're in it, it I is. suppose, it to is. have somebody coming in and taking a look. If you're in a work situation and you're having um, anxiety issues about this, that, and the other thing, is that something also that you can take a look at? Absolutely. Anxiety is, is really a key thing for us all, I think, right now, especially coming out of the whole COVID process mm-hmm. and people are still are starting to get into somewhat of a level or what's what we consider now our new normal routines. Um, but obviously that comes with a little bit of anxiety about what we've already been through. And so um, sometimes just having some maybe new tools or strategies um, as an occupational therapist, sometimes we do um, sensory assessments and we look at the sensory system and then we help to identify what might be some of those key tools that might help you to help calm that anxiety or manage that anxiety or bring it to a different level? Um, and I think one of the biggest things is that sometimes when you start with that first step of awareness, um, then helping to implement those tools is a little bit easier. And so sometimes we can just help with identifying maybe the areas to bring some of that awareness to the picture. Are there any little tips or tricks that you can give us as we go through our day? Kind of in a very, I'm sure it's a very general, broad area because all of us are going through different things. Our bodies are all different. Absolutely, yep. Um, But something that you can can tell people that's like kind of a handy tip as you head through your day? You know, I think more important, most importantly is trying to... um, Really find times throughout your day for stretch breaks. We are often, we get into our routines and we get into our work 
And we forget to allow ourselves those breaks and those opportunities to get up and to move around and to change pace and to give our brain that little mental break that it needs in order to focus better. Um, and if we do that, we actually probably would work better. <laughs> I mean, you're going to laugh at me, but I had one of those watches on that kept telling me to stand up and move around, <laughs> which I think would probably be along the lines of what you're talking about. But it was like I'm in the middle of my work and I took it off and I just leave it at home now because <laughs> it keeps telling me what to do, Mary. I can't stand it. Uh, I should put that back on, shouldn't that I? That would be very helpful, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when you talk about uh, coming to see an occupational therapist, mm-hmm. how do we know if we need you? Is this something that we would have to see a primary care provider for, or how do we get to you? Absolutely. So to come and see sounds a little stalkerish. (laughs) How do we find you? Yeah, (laughs) to come and see an occupational therapist, we do need a referral from a primary care provider, and so that would probably be your first step is to talk to your primary care provider and see if, in in their opinion, if they also feel that maybe there would be a good um, a piece for coming to see an occupational therapist as well. Knowing that it's not, that that it's holistic, that it's not just the physical body. Absolutely. I think is an important thing and and sharing that with your your primary care. Yes, absolutely. So identifying some of those areas of concern, looking at where are the areas of function that you are feeling like you're being impacted and would like to see if there's maybe some other tools or strategies to work with. Um, It's very helpful because if you come in to see me and or any of my colleagues and you say, here's my concern, um, that helps to start the conversation Mm -hmm. and that helps to give us a base to jump from to identify what some of the needs might be. Do you feel like in your profession that you've had people visit you that are like, "Ah, I don't need this. I don't need this. I can just, you know, muddle through. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's always, you know, some people who come in. I, I appreciate when they take that step and come in um, and look at identifying their needs at that point in time. And sometimes there are people who are actually functioning quite well. And once they get in here, they realize and it's an affirmation to them that things are going well and that's okay too. Um, But there are some people who come in thinking that maybe there isn't anything that we can do for them. And we are able to identify and find some, maybe some new tools or strategies to kind of help to, um, problem solve a particular area that they're finding difficulty functioning. Mary, I know you mentioned this earlier, but what types of occupational therapists are available to us at Mankato Clinic, I, whether they're babies or Absolutely. geriatric? So we have two um, particular locations right now. Um, we have we see our adult clients at the clinic at Main Street. Um, that's part of the physical therapy department. And that's where we have occupational therapists, speech therapists, and physical therapists available. Oh, okay. um, and then we also have our pediatric location at Pediatric Therapy Services, okay. um, which is a separate building. Um, but there, too, we also have occupational therapists as well as our speech therapists and physical therapists that are ready to help you if you have any concerns. And if we want to get in touch, we should probably take a look at the what Mankato Clinic website you is the best place. certainly look at the Mankato Clinic a website to get some information about us. We also have all of our photos and a little brief uh, information about all the therapists available on there as well. Um, You can certainly call us too at each location if you have questions and we'd be able to direct you to where you need to go. All of that information is going to be in the show notes underneath this particular interview on KTOE.com on the blogs and the podcast page. Mankato Clinic, our guest today, Mary Van Ravenhorst, occupational therapist. It's Occupational Therapy Month. Hey, thanks for coming in again. It's good to see you. Thanks for having me come in and, and it's great to see you as well.